Welcome back to Tay Learning. I'm Olivia. And I'm Danny, and we're your co-hosts. So today is going to be a fun day because we get to break down this love. And this love came out on Taylor's 1989 album. And you know how I feel about 1989. If you're new here, I am a massive 1989 stan. <laughs> I do not care if it's basic. I do not care if it's the local answer. That is a no skip album. It it's is so good. <laughs> work. It is so beautiful in every single possible way. Mm. And I will die on this hill. I understand that she has more lyrical masterpieces on other albums. I get that. 1989 was a cultural preset. I feel like too, what makes her music good isn't the lyrics alone. It's the production because Taylor does have a pretty strong hand in how her songs are produced as well. She doesn't just write the lyrics. She creates the song with collaborators. So all of it is touched by Taylor. And something I am harping on so strongly is that 1989, with the inclusion of this love, was so ahead of its time. And that sounds ridiculous because it did win the Grammy album of the year. It was a huge album. It still was somehow ahead of its time because part of the reason it was named 1989 is because it was 80s inspired, not just because she was born that year. It was 80s mm -hmm. inspired. It has the synth pop, which is huge on this love and on other songs on the album. And 80s music is in the middle of its entire resurgence right now in big part yeah. because of Stranger Things and Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. But Stranger Things aside, 80s music is in the middle of its resurgence, and yeah. 1989 was ahead of its time. Can Makes me excited for Taylor's version. <laughs> me too! And also, on the day that we're recording this, as of the day we're recording this, Taylor Swift just made a statement about Shake It Off. Olivia, what was that she statement? Did. So, she released a statement. Okay, I guess let's back up. For those of you who don't know what's going on with Shake It Off and Taylor's lawsuit, she's being sued for copyright infringement. Comes from, you know, a general pop saying, and that has been kind of used in different iterations in other pop and hip hop songs. And so she wrote this long statement. And at the very end, she says, I have never heard the song players going to play on the radio, on television, or in any film. The first time I ever heard the song was after this claim was made. But the fact yeah. that she's commenting on this now, and this lawsuit is not new. This has been around for a minute. That girl wants to release 1989. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like a sworn court statement for okay. the case. Well, I still think that she's fixing to drop 1989. <laughs> she is ready. Oh, you know she is. <laughs> ready. I'm ready. And this one is so special to do first from 1989 because it was the first song that she wrote in 1989. She wrote it before Red was even released, which I think is so cool. She wrote it on October 17th, 2012. Red did not come out until October 22nd, 2012. She was in Los Angeles and it was supposed to be, quote, a fun little short poem. Mm -hmm. her journal and then she came up with the melody in her head and decided to turn it into a song but it was the yep. first song that was written on 1989 yeah and because I'm crazy and I love direct Taylor Swift quotes on writing this love she said 
When I was growing up, my favorite class was English because that's where we could write poetry and that was my favorite thing in the world. That transformed into songwriting really easily because it's very similar. The last time I wrote a poem that ended up being a song, I was writing in my journal and I was writing about something that had happened in my life about a year ago. I just wrote this really, really short poem. It said, this love is good. This love is bad. This love is alive back from the dead. These hands had to let it go free. And this love came back to me. And I just wrote it down and closed the book and put it back on my nightstand. Like, oh, that was fun. Short little poem. And then all of a sudden in my head, I just started hearing this melody happening and then realized that it was going to be a song. And that poem actually ended up being the chorus to a song on my new album called This Love. Poems and songs are so similar that I predict it's a very high likelihood that if you love writing poetry, you would love writing songs. How come every time you read off a Taylor Swift quote on this podcast, I get goosies (laughs) every single time? Because it's Taylor Swift's words. She's just good at them. That is so (laughs) true. It's interesting. I'm just going to make like a little pin in this before we hop into the lyrics. When we were recording our Harry Styles episode like a month ago, the song was an argument for the Harry Styles-Taylor Swift relationship probably being this back and forth type relationship. Sounds like it was probably during that time when we believe that Harry Styles and Taylor Swift were doing their on and off again. On again, off again. This love came back to me. (laughs) Perfect. So... (laughs) Let's kick off the lyrics because as always, that might be just the best way to dive into this song. Just as a side note, this love never really stood out to me when I was listening to the original version. Honestly, same. The Taylor's version when I was listening to them side by side last night is almost more like indie synthy somehow than the original. Interesting. I haven't listened to the original since Taylor's version came out because I don't have a good way to like stream it so yeah I was I watched a YouTube video of mm-hmm. somebody who said lyrics video and it's in comedy yeah <laughs> with like rotating photos of Taylor in a the Windows movie maker I used yeah. to make those did I ever tell you that no yeah I used to make some lyric videos yeah on YouTube back in like <laughs> 2011 <laughs> oh, my embarrassing thing was that I used to take sneak peek photos from TV show like websites and I would edit them to music and I would say sneak peek of the secret life of the American teenager why listen YouTube in 2010 2011 was something else yeah it was a different world. kids these days they don't understand they will never understand <laughs> being a YouTuber wasn't really a thing it was just you posted Mm-mm. stuff on YouTube yep <laughs> it was it was like TikTok <laughs> yeah kind of Okay, so verse one, clear blue water, high tides came and brought you in, and I could go on and on and on and on, and I will. So clear blue water, high tides came and brought you in. The moon causes like ocean tides to bring stuff Mm -hmm. in and out. So this is a really beautiful metaphor for somebody coming in and out of the life, I think, or out of the relationship, I guess. And the line clear blue water has some really positive imagery too. So he would come in at the high tide, which is, you know, the metaphor is the tide is their relationship. So in high tide, he'd he'd be brought in on clear blue water. And when you think clear blue water, you think peaceful, happy, pretty. Mm -hmm. The next line is skies grew darker, currents swept you out again, and you are just gone and gone and gone and gone. Again, to contrast the clear blue water positive imagery, 
the skies grew darker paints a sadder picture for the listener. And I think that her heartbreak over him being swept out with the tide again and leaving her, I think her heartbreak is depicted really well in the repetition of gone. Like you were just gone and gone and gone and gone. It's kind of sad. It is sad. It's a really like beautiful way to describe that feeling of losing somebody Mm -hmm. over and over again. Because that's the worst part about a relationship that's on again, off again, or a situationship is that you have to lose that person so constantly. Yeah. And that's devastating. And (laughs) tying into Harry Styles again, before I dive into this completely, I just want to give some context to any listeners that haven't listened to our Harry Styles episode yet. If you haven't, what are you doing? Go listen to it. But um, (laughs) if you want to do that later, that's fine. I can give you um, some cliff notes. I have this theory that every love song on 1989 is about Harry Styles. We hash it out more on the Harry Styles episode, but that's beyond the point. With that said, I want to talk about an interview that Taylor did when she was being poked at by the interviewer asking who style was about. And she said that it was about this person that everyone has in their lives that comes in and out of their lives and never really feels over with to the point that maybe one day you're worried they may crash your wedding. And that just makes me really feel confirmation in my heart that this love is about Harry Styles. (laughs) (laughs) So then we go into the pre-chorus, which is one of my favorite parts of the song. The lyrics say, in silent screams and wildest dreams, I never dreamed of this. The first immediate thing that jumps out is this is a direct reference to wildest dreams. Definitely. Say you'll see me again, even if it's just in your wildest dreams. It's yeah. exactly what you think it is. It's it's mirroring how Taylor like thinks it would be impossible that they could ever break up until it actually happened. I never dreamed of this. Yeah. I never dreamed of all the great. I never dreamed of all the bad. Also, pre-chorus feels like a reference to clean. I did see this one online. Mm-hmm. Taylor mentions in that song, screaming for people. The water filled my And no one hearing a thing. Yes. The water filled my lungs. I screamed so loud, but no one heard a thing. And I think the thing that really ties them together is her saying in silent screams. And she screams so loud, but no one heard a thing. They're both silent screams. I love her parallels. Oh, too, they're <laughs> always so gorgeous. So then we go into the chorus. This love is good. This love is bad. This love is alive back from the dead. These hands had to let it go free. And this love came back to me. This chorus is so beautiful because it invokes that thought of if you love something let it go and if it's meant to be it will come back to you but also Mm -hmm. the flip side of that is just because it came back to you evidently does not mean that it was right I also think it's really interesting that she didn't say I let it go free it was these hands had to let it go free like Um, like like she she was forced into it yeah she was forced into it I also see this as a direct contrast to we are never, ever getting back together. Is the complete opposite concept. It's we're done. We're never, ever getting back together. Mm-hmm. And then there's this love, which is this is going to come and go like the tide. We're going to get back together. We're going to break up, whatever. And that's the right move. Yeah. I saw this online. It said in an interview with Yahoo from 2013, which is before the 2014 release, 
But after the Mm -hmm. song was written, Taylor says, quote, I think once a relationship is done, it's done. You can't do that back and forth thing. It's the most exhausting process. Maybe I wrote, we are never, ever getting back together then. So I would never get back in that relationship. If you write about it, then there's no way you're getting back together. And I think that's really interesting to note too, that each individual relationship in your life is completely different from anything else that you've experienced before, even if there are similarities because we are never, ever getting back together. It's about her relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal, which happened before Harry Styles. And Mm -hmm. so her relationship with Harry Styles ended up ultimately being different. The on again, off again, ended up feeling different than the on again, off again with Jake. And apparently when the off again happened, it was pleasant enough, at least to an extent, or at least addicting enough that she was willing to get back together with him Mm -hmm. repeatedly and do this for a long time, if our theory is correct. Versus with Jake, she wrote and released We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, and by God, she meant it. They are never, ever getting back together, especially if in All Too Well, what she says in All Too Well 10-Minute Version is true, which is him coming back after three months in the grave, like after the relationship had already concluded, and she was like, no, I'm not doing this, versus Harry Styles, where that was not the case. You were dead and gone and buried, check the pulse and come back swearing it's the same, after three months in the grave. She seems to have a a lot less negative feelings toward Harry Styles, at least expressed in her songs. I don't know if that's actually that she had less negative feelings or if she was trying not to have another album with sad, angry breakup songs because she got a lot of criticism on Red for that. So we enter verse two. Tossing, turning, struggled through the night with someone new and I could go on and on and on on and on so obviously at least this feels obvious to me that Mm -hmm. is like when you're in bed next to somebody but it doesn't feel like the right person that's what that that feels like you're not in bed next to that person thinking about them you're thinking about this other person that you wish that you were still with and it's just clear to me too that she's struggling to get over him but is trying her best to move on this line is something that I've really related to in my past when I'm not over someone after a breakup moving on is not only emotionally difficult, but very physically difficult. <laughs> it's low key embarrassing how many times I was in my past that I've tried to get over relationships that I was not over and ended up crying for hours to whatever poor guy was just trying to hang out with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's happened at least twice. And that's too many times not to be embarrassed. <laughs> so <laughs> Something else that I think is interesting here is that this is a repeated theme. Once again, her repeated themes about thinking about somebody else. The first example that came to mind for me was the way I loved you. She's with somebody else in that song, but she's actually passionate about a different relationship, right. which in that song, it's definitely implied that that was a problematic relationship that she was obsessed with, but thinking about somebody else and in Haunted, the line, but the whole time I'm wishing he was you. But the whole time I'm wishing he was you instead. It's interesting that that's something that she's always really romanticized. It's kind of messed up. <laughs> But I mean, when you're living it, you can't not 
think that it's not like she's trying to take advantage of these other guys that she's trying to move on with. She's genuinely trying to move on for herself, but it's not working. That's true. So then we move into the next line. Lantern burning flickered in my mind for only you, but you're still gone and gone and gone and gone. Something that I think that's really interesting here is that in red, she has her song, Stay, Stay, Stay. Uh-huh. No, I know. I'm sorry. I don't mean to shit talk. Stay, stay, stay. It's so cute. <laughs> it is cute, but it's it just annoys me so much. But it, this is like, I think that that's an interesting contrast. It's somehow both a parallel and a contrast at the same time. What is? Stay, stay, stay. Gone, gone, gone. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it's I little. Like, wait, I don't get it. <laughs> it's little, but like, stay, stay, stay. Gone, gone, gone. I uh, think that's that's kind of funny. And she, again, she wrote this song before Red was released. So Stay, Stay, Stay was very likely on her minds. Right. Flickered mm-hmm. in my mind, only you. Duh. She's laying next to this dude and all she's thinking about is this other dude. I like the imagery a lot here too. Like the lantern burning. This part reminds me of the saying, carrying a torch for somebody, which basically means you're hopelessly in love with someone that you're not with. And her love for him is actively burning no matter how much time has passed. So when it's flickering in her mind, the definition of flicker is literally to shine unsteadily. So when you think of a flickering light, the light is, you know, going in and out. And I pictured the lantern flickering to be a metaphor for the thought of him flickering in and out of her mind. So some days that she, she has like good days moving on seems easy, but then the light flickers on and she can't. Mm-hmm. The last line of verse two is in losing grip and sinking ships, you showed up just in time. That makes me think that it's a version of her saying he saved her. That's what it feels like to me is that she was sinking and he showed up there just in time to like save her from a sinking ship. I agree. I also feel like in losing grip on sinking ships is referencing her struggle to move on and when she was just about to cave he showed up just in time and also came back yeah like she was gonna move on and then he's back again like you thought i'm here again Mm -hmm. also she loves to talk about sinking ships she did it in i know places loose lips sink ships all the damn time and gold rush which is as you know one of my favorite songs from Evermore. Eyes like sinking ships on water, so inviting I almost jump in. Ships on waters, so inviting, I so interesting. She has her favorite metaphors, I feel like. Absolutely, she does. She's an excellent songwriter, but she has themes that she loves to run with. I like spotting them. I think it's fun. I agree. So the chorus repeats but then we go into this love left a permanent mark this love is glowing in the dark these hands had to let it go free and this love came back to me this song feels very straightforward unlike a lot of her other songs while there are metaphors in here I don't think that they are double entendre metaphors I don't think that they are Mm -hmm. metaphors that are hard to deep dive this feels obvious this love left a permanent mark no shit (laughs) like yeah or else yeah. you wouldn't be going back to it repeatedly. Wonder how Joe Alwyn feels about that now. 
and the glowing in the dark part like it had me thinking a lot too because so when he shows up just in time I feel like it means that he comes back when things seem hopeless and he sweeps her away again into happiness and positivity and so the dark is kind of that hopelessness that's around them but they're glowing in the dark they're like creating their own light because that's the only place that the light comes from because Mm -hmm. no matter what it's not right even when they're together it's not right yeah and I've got more song parallels for you are you ready yes okay we're going this love left a permanent mark let's talk about the parallels of a love leaving a permanent mark we're gonna start with cardigan from folklore Mm -hmm. you drew stars around my scars but now I'm bleeding you drew stars around my scars, but now I'm bleeding. Scars, permanent marks. And she goes into Marked Me Like a Bloodstain. Stepping on the last train, marked me like a bloodstain. Another thing with the cardigan reference, you drew stars around my scars. Stars glow in the dark. Oh, <laughs> Uh, in lover from lover with every guitar string scar on my hand with every guitar string scar on my hand scars let's back it up to dress from reputation (laughs) made your mark on me a golden tattoo made your mark on me a golden tattoo we're going again to an unreleased song permanent marker which was rumored to have been on Fearless, the lyric, who do you think you are to write on his heart in permanent marker? She really likes the visualization of a love being permanent and feeling mm-hmm. it forever. And I really hope that that's not the case because feeling one love forever, other than like the person that you're, you're with, Sounds exhausting. I think that any form of true love does in a way last forever. I mean, I don't actively love the people that I've been in love with in the past, but I still think very fondly of them and care deeply for them. And I hope the best for them. And that's kind of, I feel like how real love should be no matter who you're with the time. Like, obviously I want to be with my current boyfriend. We're literally buying a house together. We're talking about living the rest of our lives together but I still want good things for the people that I've loved in the past because it it was permanent you permanently care about people that you care about I saw a tweet one time I think it was a tweet I don't know where I saw it years ago and it said I still love the people that I once loved even if I crossed the street to avoid them Mm -hmm. and that struck me so hard because I get it yeah okay I get it the people that I've loved there's an angry period, but once the angry period is passed, it's just, yeah. I hope they're, I hope they're well, because there was a time when I would have taken a bullet for them. And I don't mm-hmm. want that to have been in vain. I don't want to think that I was stupid for having that feeling. So I do hope they're well. I do hope that they're good yeah. people. So I guess I get it, but it's not like an active love. It's a dormant love. Yeah. And uh, parallels for this love is glowing in the dark on 1989, mm-hmm. the song, you are in love. You can see it with the lights out. You're in love. And 
on So It Goes, which I think is the most underrated song on Reputation. I love that song. <laughs> See you in the dark, all eyes on you, my magician. See you in the dark, all eyes on you, my magician, all eyes on <laughs> We love a good parallel. Always. Oh You're God, the parallel queen. This love, this love, this love, your kiss, my cheek. I watched you leave your smile. My ghost. I fell to my knees when you're young, you just run, but you come back to what you need. There's a lot to break down there, but I was hearing the song in my head and I was like, I have to say the whole full thing. Cause this is yeah. the best part of the song. <laughs> this is the best part of the song. So good. Okay. So starting at your kiss, my cheek. Oh well, yeah. I mean, that's not groundbreaking lyricism. I don't think he kissed her cheek. No, but I I do think the way that she's describing it is a little unique in comparison to, you know, most other songs out there. Like she's she's not telling you exactly what's happening. She's giving you these like nouns to describe what's happening. So you're it's an interesting way of creating imagery, I guess. Like your kiss, my cheek. Not you kissed my cheek, you know. So it's I don't know, it's kind of cool. And in the name of parallels, the this whole line parallels to how you get the girl from 1989. Mm-hmm. Remind me how it used to be pictures and frames of kisses on cheeks. Remind me how it used to be. Pictures and frames of kisses on cheeks. Stand there like a ghost shaking from the rain. Stand there like a ghost shaking from the rain. Because remember my theory, these are all about the same person. <laughs> yeah. But also your smile, my ghost seems to, it, to me, it gives haunted vibes. I mean, maybe just because that's the word ghost and haunted, but yeah, haunted by the memories of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, the lines, your kiss, my cheek, I watched you leave. I kind of imagine this part to be like a kiss goodbye, which is interesting because whenever they end and he's giving her a kiss goodbye, they're not ending on like a bad note. They don't hate each other, which is part of what makes saying goodbye so painful, I imagine. Also, lastly, for a lyric par- parallels, that I watched you leave line, she also says in the last time from Red. But I was there to watch you leave. I can see so much Red influence on this, which makes sense because this was written before Red was even released. Yeah, definitely. If, if the synth pop sound that it had didn't exist and this was put to like more of a country tune lyrically this song would fit on red just tonally it wouldn't because it's a breakup album and this love Mm -hmm. is like a breakup song and a love song at the same time i guess so when you're young you just run but you come back to what you need okay well maybe not what you need but going back to somebody and it's what you feel like you need it might not be what you truly need but it feels like that's what you need I feel like a lot of times in relationships it's natural human nature to blow a lot of these emotions out of proportion and dramatize them and I think Taylor gets a lot of flack for dramatizing these small moments but at least in my experience I relate to that feeling I dramatize everything I ever feel Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not that serious but same. Still do it. Same. A really good example of this, especially when you're young and you have this feeling, is in Cardigan when she says, when you're young, they assume you know nothing, but I knew you and I knew you'd come back to me. 
And she's writing Cardigan from the perspective of a teenage girl. That's the idea behind Cardigan, if you didn't know. I know you know, but if you, as a listener, mm-hmm. you did not know. Yeah. That's the same idea, I think. Yeah. I knew you'd come back to me because this was what this was right. Right. The I fell to my knees part, I think it can be interpreted kind of two different ways. I wanted your opinion. Do you think she was begging him to stay or did you think that she fell to her knees because she couldn't support herself without him I don't think she was begging him to stay I always hear that as this is killing her every time every time he leaves he takes a little bit more of her with him and because Mm -hmm. this is so on again off again you know there hits this point where she just collapses emotionally yeah that's how I hear it Mm mm-hmm I could hear like maybe the first time it was begging on knees to have him stay. I agree. When you're young, you just run is so interesting to me because when I hear that, I'm thinking she's saying from the perspective of the guy or the girl mm-hmm. or whoever is it's like an excuse. You yeah. Know? When you're young, young, you just run. It's just what happens. I've been broken up with before because of the, well, you know, we're young. Like we're young. We, we shouldn't settle down. We shouldn't commit to this. Mm -hmm. We're young. When you're, when you're young, you just run, but you come back to what you need. I guess, you know, the kind of that I've done it. My current boyfriend, when, when I ended things with him, it's because I thought that the right thing to do because I'm young was to run. And then I came back to what I needed, I guess, because we're together. Really funny because I always associated this song with you and Matt just because of the romanticism of it and how you guys broke up and got back together oh my god <laughs> that's gonna hear this and be like this bitch is outing us <laughs> <laughs> to to the listeners we have in now 14 countries shout out to you bosnia like like the line this love is alive back from the dead oh and these hands had to let it go free and why did you never tell me that i did did you it was before taylor's version came out so you didn't care about this <laughs> okay that's fair but also i think part of it was because this song to me feels you know like a tide they were in they were out they were in they were out and matt and i literally broke up one time and then we were back so it was like, you're in and out <laughs> okay we were in and out, in and out and in. okay i guess during that time we were broken up we were like kind of broken up and kind of not it doesn't even matter it doesn't matter okay i get it all right i hear you i'll walk down the aisle to this at my wedding olivia are you happy yes <laughs> So then the chorus repeats itself and the song ends with this love left a permanent mark. This love is glowing in the dark. These hands had to let it go free. And this love came back to me. This love, this love, this love. So pretty much, yeah, just repeats itself again. One of the biggest criticisms of this song, like not for myself, but like critics, literal people who are paid Mm -hmm. to do this, is that the lyrics aren't particularly groundbreaking. They don't need to be. They don't. They don't. I will say, though, I will say that when this came out in 2014, that was my thought about it as well. I'm like, this love is good. This love is bad. You can't think of any other word but good or bad. Those are such plain words. But I think this song, the simplicity of it is kind of the point. I think so, too. Olivia, do you know what time it is? It's time to talk about Anchor. So those were all the lyrics of the song. And again, some of the biggest criticism that this song got 
was about the lyrics, which you you mentioned yourself that they weren't groundbreaking lyrics and they don't have to be. It's just when you're holding this Mm-mm. song up against her other songs, it's not like it's particularly life-changing, at least the lyrics are. Yeah. I think to me, what makes this song isn't exactly the lyrics or how simple they are. It's the way the song is produced. It's Mm -hmm. really, really beautiful. The echoes in her vocals are just mesmerizing. It's very soft. It's, it kind of feels like a a light and warm hug from somebody. Mm -hmm. But John Karamanica from the New York Times said that Taylor's songwriting in this love was less detail oriented than her past work, which got criticism there. Mikhail Wood from the Los Angeles Times took issue with the generic lyrics. Mara Eakin from the AV Club considered this love as one of 1989's weaker songs because of its mid-tempo balladry compared to the album's upbeat production. My counter to that is that if every single song on an album is happy, she would have gotten criticism for that too, or at least upbeat. Mm -hmm. And Corey Beasley from Pop Matters found the balladry out of place for the overall tone of the album. And I'm like, well, an album... It's supposed to be multifaceted, so. Mm. Yeah, they're supposed to be like a couple slow songs and a couple fast songs, a couple pop hits. <laughs> yeah, like that's the entire point. Uh, I think it's yeah. interesting. This is the only song on the album that is produced by Nathan Chapman, who is a longtime collaborator mm-hmm. of Taylor's. He was really heavily on Red. That goes to show the lingering redness of this love. Without the synth pop aspects of this love, it mm-hmm. this it would have fit on red versus 1989 yeah but it ended up charting on the canadian hot 100 at number 84 and at the u.s bubbling under 100 singles at number 19 it was eventually certified platinum and it's a very divisive song for the album many critics said that it is a highlight of 1989 said that it's in like a top three and the other critics mm-hmm. like i said were critical of the fact that the lyrics aren't groundbreaking or that the ballad style didn't make sense with the rest of the album but I don't care I like this song the more that I listen to it I think it was a really great choice to be I released. agree it was featured on the summer I turned pretty that's the whole reason why it was released as Taylor's version um that's a tv show that's based on a book series I have not read the book series nor have I watched the tv show I literally tried to the other day and then I realized I didn't have Amazon Prime and you can't watch it without Amazon Prime so I did not watch it but I have read the other series by the author to all the boys I loved before and that one was an adorable series so I'm sure this one will be just as adorable. I have not read the entire series. I did read The Summer I Turned Pretty like 10 years ago, and Mm -hmm. I really liked it, but I struggled because I could not relate to the lead at all. I feel like that's when I get frustrated when I'm reading books is The Summer I Turned Pretty. She had this major glow up and these boys started to suddenly like her. I didn't experience that in high school. My glow up, I don't think happened until college. So once again, it's bitter. Because other girls got things in high school that I didn't get. So when I read it, I was pissed off. But the show is very cute. I should really reread the book. And I will share Tell my me about Amazon your trauma without telling me about your trauma. Except I directly <laughs> did. So I'll share my Amazon Prime with you because it's a very cute series. And on top of that, the series has so many Taylor Swift songs in it. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Because Jenny Han is a big Swifty. So she, of course, had to incorporate a lot of Taylor Swift songs. So it's the perfect Swifty tv show if you're needing one yeah it really is perfect and it's really cute like it's a really cute series so i'm excited for it to keep coming we're we're not being 
sponsored by Amazon Prime or anything, just so we're clear. <laughs> but I go just- buy it so you can watch The Summer I Turn Pretty. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it is very, very good. One of my favorite critiques, like positive critiques of this album is from Rob Sheffield from Rolling Stone, who is a pretty notorious critic said that this sounds like a 1980 power ballad specifically citing Bon Jovi's I'll be there for you from 1989 that was the year it came out stop I love coincidences like that me too so it was on the set list for her tour. She did perform it uh, on the 1989 world tour. The song did appear in a Victoria's Secret holiday ad in December of 2015. Again, this was in the middle of uh, Taylor Swift's whole being friends with a bunch of Victoria's Secret models thing. That's mm-hmm. we, we kind of picked that apart last week and we'll probably continue to give it the criticism that it deserves. Uh, but that did happen. And then she performed a stripped down acoustic version of the song as a surprise song during the first Atlanta show of the Reputation Tour in 2018. And then I don't think it was actually performed again. I think that yeah. was like a, especially since it's it feels like a very heavy fan fave, but not like a standout from the album necessarily. Right. It's a beautiful song. It's a stunning ballad in the middle of all of this upbeat stuff that 1989 has. And really, since it is a poem, it feels versus a lot of songs on the album. And again, I love 1989, not a criticism of the album. This one feels more like a confession of feelings than most of the songs on the album. And I think that that's yeah. yeah, I feel like the other songs on 1989 definitely lean into that fun popness, which is what she was going for anyway. I, I agree with you that this one feels a lot more feeling induced than trying to make a pop hit. And I think that that's, so that's this love. Songwriting capabilities shine the brightest, but the song overall as a whole sounds cohesive and it's just a very beautiful, magical experience. It is quite the ballad. Once again, I love 1989 so much. So everything on this album just makes my heart flutter and makes me <laughs> so, so, so happy. And I really hope that she is re-recording it or that it's already re-recorded and that it will be released I soon. I really wanted it at the beginning of the summer so that I could have my 1989 summer, but I'll take a 1989 winter, okay? I'll do <laughs> I will take what I can get. Give me scraps, Taylor. Oh my gosh. Is she just going to release Taylor's version one by one? I've seen that like silly theory because she released Wildest Dreams, Taylor's version because of a TikTok trend. And then she released this love Taylor's version for the TV show. And everyone's like, are we just going to get 1989 pieces? Yeah, she has Bad Blood. It's in the DC Super Pets movie. And yeah. It hasn't even been released yet. It's just in the movie. And I'm like, what the? We're literally getting crumbs. Feed me, Taylor. I'm hungry. <laughs> some more soup please (laughs) i'm getting exhausted she needs to do something soon or we're gonna just pass away what if when i'm in michigan she announces something that would be insane we would not be okay no all of our friends that are going to be with us on that trip are going to kill us so annoying yeah it would be so annoying (laughs) as if we already aren't (laughs) yeah facts though (laughs) we literally have a taylor swift podcast so in the name of Tay Learning, what is one thing you learned this week? This week, I learned that this was the first song that she wrote from 1989. I didn't know that. I didn't really know that either, but I didn't know this started out as a poem. Also that it came out before Red, like all of that together. It makes a lot more yeah. sense now the song does, knowing what we know, but I wouldn't have guessed her, that. Her writing process just blows my mind. I feel like every song she writes a little bit differently. 
it would make sense that this song isn't like super stunning lyrically because poems oftentimes are not oftentimes they're just like the most gorgeous thing in the world but sometimes poems are intended to be simple so that they can be easy to digest so it Mm -hmm. makes sense yes i wonder how many of her poems that she hasn't turned into songs anyway for real i've said this before and i'll say it again it bothers me that we'll never know I swear, if she one day is like decides to release all of her diaries, can you imagine just like a series of the Taylor Swift diaries? That would be absolutely unreal. People would run with that and make their own versions mm-hmm. of those songs. So what are we talking about next week? I already know, but I want the audience to be as excited as you are. It's one of my favorite topics. One of. I mean, there, there are other Taylor Swift topics that I will get more jazzed about, but we're talking about her infamous relationship with Joe Jonas circa what 2008 or so they dated when they were teenagers and they dated for three months and it was a complete shit show after they broke up and I love them both no matter what and I can't wait to talk about them oh, I'm so excited so love Joe Jonas that'll be a really fun episode uh to continue doing our the muses series again if you'd like to catch up on where we're at in the muses series the muses Harry Styles is out now Danny's favorite of Taylor's exes. He really is. I love Harry Styles. (laughs) The Tom Hiddleston one excites me as well because you know how I feel about Tom Hiddleston. But (laughs) big Marvel girly. But I'm very excited about Joe Jonas for you, for myself, and for all of the listeners. But for this week, that was this love, and we will catch you next week. 